Hello and welcome to Audiobook Connection, behind the scenes with the creative teams. I'm Becky Parker Geist and I'm your host. Audiobook Connection is your place to learn about the audiobook creative process and for authors to learn valuable tips on producing and marketing your audiobooks. This podcast is sponsored by Pro Audio Voices, helping great stories come alive through audiobook production and marketing. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining me. Today's topic for our podcast is going to be character voices. So this is going to be primarily for those who are working with a professional narrator and then also mostly for fiction. There are occasions when this might pertain for a nonfiction author. So I'll just touch on that briefly and then we'll jump into the um, the main topic, which is more about fiction. So for nonfiction, if you have a book where you're using multiple narrators and let's say, for example, you're using somebody who is going to be doing testimonials, well, that voice, their testimonial may be in a, uh, it may not sound like the person who actually said those words. That is the kind of scenario in which the information for today's episode would pertain. So let's jump in. First of all, character voices for a fiction project, for a novel or something, are very subjective. And you may have in your head ideas about what those voices should sound like. You may have created in your narrative different reasons why voices should sound specific ways. And there may be comparative or relative relationships between the different character voices that may be important to you. Let's start off with, first of all, what is the best time to actually address what these voices should sound like? And I use the word should in a cautious way, because what I really mean is If you, as the author, have specific ideas about how the voices of the different characters should sound, or any number of those voices, maybe not all of the bit parts, but maybe the main characters or some incidental characters that you've got in your text. The very best time to let your narrator know, to express to them and get information back from them about the character voices, any specific ones, is before the narrator even starts recording. So this is really early on. And if you're in communication with the narrator before they even audition, that's the very best time. Because what you're going to get in the audition is probably going to more closely match what you're listening for when you listen to their audition for your project. So giving narrators the best information you can at the very start is extremely helpful. What that means for you then is you really have to think about those things. You may have written your novel and sometimes, you you know, you may forget that you put in some reference to a particular character's voice as being raspy or being breathy or whatever those qualities are. It could be being commanding. But 
you probably have in your head that that's the way they speak, which is where that reference probably would have come from. Now, certainly in the editing, rewriting, developmental stages of writing your your book, those qualities may have come up, you may have included them in the text, and maybe they dropped away. Maybe they don't matter to you anymore. That's totally fine. I'm going to come back to moments like that where you may want to actually modify the text. But let's just start off with this bit about what's the best time to really communicate with your narrator about your your decisions, your choices, your preferences. Let's use that word. Let's assume that now that you are past the audition process, what is the next point at which you would want to communicate this? That is after the audition. Let's say you have a couple different actors and they've done an audition, whether you had already communicated this information or not. uh, I'm going to say that's irrelevant at this point. Let's say you've gotten their auditions back and there's something that you're hearing in there about with the character voices that's not quite on target for where you want it to go. That is the next best time to communicate any of those differences that you'd like to make. So you want to let them know so they can potentially send you a re-record of that aspect at least so that you can find out if they're going to be able to do what it is you want to do. And the third time is really after the first 15. A standard in the industry is that when somebody is cast in a project, that they will then, before they continue to record the entire project, they'll deliver to you the first approximately 15 minutes of the work. Now that could be, it could be a first chapter. It doesn't have to be 15 minutes exactly. It can be more or less. The main thing though, is that this is your biggest opportunity to give any feedback for the narrator about anything you want changed. It's really can be terribly frustrating if for a narrator, if you listen to the first 15 and you think, oh, well, I wish this, but it's okay. And you approve it. And then later at the very end, after they've spent all those hours doing it the way they thought you wanted it to then hear back, oh, well, I was really hoping you would do this thing. You can only imagine how frustrating that could be. All right. So then there is one more potential place. Let's say, for example, that you hear the first 15, but there are some characters that, you know, clearly haven't been introduced in those first 15 minutes or that first bit of the book. They come in later. It's not, you know, if you are receiving your files on a rolling basis, in other words, as the narrator or producer is delivering, or as they are completing those files, they are delivering them to you for review. The best thing you can do is to listen as they come in, because if a character who is introduced later in the story feels off track to you, you need to let them know as soon as possible. Because there is a time, there is editing time that's happening between the time they record it and the time they deliver it to you. So you may think, you know, if you're responding right away that you're getting right back to them 
that they won't have done any more recording? Highly unlikely that that's true. They will have continued on with the process because once that first 15 is approved, they're typically going to get that audiobook done as quickly as they can. Now, one thing that you can do if you have characters that you have some concerns about whether they're going to sound the way you want them to sound, in that first 15, you can ask your narrator or producer to please give you a sample of what some of these other characters are going to sound like, what the narrator has in mind for those voices. That way you can get little bits of dialogue and potentially head off problems that could happen otherwise down the road. Now, I want to come back to something I was saying earlier about using the word should versus your preferences. One thing, and there's a, actually there's a podcast episode on this as well that I've done earlier in this podcast. It has to do with the fact that a narrator or a character is never going to sound like you imagine in your head. And there are very specific, concrete reasons for that. Partly, you know, when we hear our own voice, for example, we hear it through the bones of our head. We don't hear ourselves typically through some recording of ourselves. Although these days, more and more, we get to hear what we sound like. Many people don't like the way they sound in recordings, at first at least, until they get used to what that sound is like. But when you're trying to have a narrator become a character that you have created in your mind, you have this idea about the way that they sound. If you're expecting your narrator to be able to deliver that voice, it's really impossible because that voice really only lives in your mind. They might be able to get close, but I want to caution you from any expectation that they will. And here's, you're almost shooting yourself in the foot if you try to get a narrator to sound like the voice in your head. And here's why. Actors, narrators, when they approach a book, a project, they're taking in that story and they're bringing their own interpretation of it, their own version of it, the performance of it, the expression of it. That is a whole other level to the book, to the audiobook, that wasn't there before. Now, that may feel uncomfortable to you, especially if you hold really tightly your work and don't want anyone to mess with it in any possible way. Well, just as when you're editing, and maybe editing was really a challenge for you if this is the case, with regular text editing, that may have been hard. Or maybe you've decided that only you can edit your own work. Caution against that as well. But coming back to the performance aspect, you need to let go enough to allow the actor, the narrator, to bring something new, to bring it to life in audio. If you try to hold it too tightly, you're just going to squash what it could be. So open your mind, open the possibilities for what it can become, and let your narrator bring their gift to your project. 
Now, there are some reasons why it may be important for certain aspects or qualities of the voice to be as you imagined or in your text perhaps described. Some of those may be an accent or a regional dialect. If those are important to the text, then understandably you want your actor, your narrator, to be able to try their best to get what you're after with that. It's especially important if it's referenced in the text as so-and-so has this strong accent or has a light accent and specifies what it is. If it's particularly important to the character, then that's a justification for helping your, your narrator to get the accent that you're after. Another reason for some element of trying to get a different sound for a particular character could be if two characters in comparison to each other, the way that you're trying to bring them forward as characters is distinctly different from another character. And especially if you have referenced that in the story, Usually, first of all, a narrator will typically pick up on that and deliver that kind of difference that you're after. But that is another reason that you could potentially be asking for a slightly different character version. Another thing that's sort of related, although uh, I'll call out how it is not, and that is the distinction between different character voices. So making the character voices differentiated distinct from each other. Now, what I'm calling out about this is, this is not about you deciding as the author what each character should sound like. It's really about them sounding different from each other. Now, any single human being has some limits on of how they can manipulate their voice, right? There are some people who are extremely talented in making, in creating many different kinds of character voices, many of them often cartoon sounding, but there is a range. Each human body has a range, both of pitch, volume, and then other qualities in terms of how they're able to manipulate their voice to get these distinct kinds of qualities. If you're asking a single person, in a dialogue, to create differentiated voices, that should not be a problem, although it is more challenging for some narrators than others. So if you're looking for that, make sure in your audition that you listen to some dialogue of the text to make sure that they're able to accomplish that. But, but one of the things I want to bring up about this is that that distinction because we have a limited range of what we can do with our single instrument, allowing more variance for how a particular character might sound in relation to another character is extremely helpful. Because if you have, let's say, two male characters that maybe sound somewhat similar to each other in terms of their general vocal qualities, they may sound really different if you have two different actors because they're two different body instruments. But if you have one actor trying to play them both and you're not giving 
the opportunity for one of them to maybe have a lower pitch or be a little more gruff or have a little, be a little more nasal. These are some of the ways we can differentiate. And so it's important and very helpful to recognize that as you're listening to your narrator, give them some room to be able to use their instrument to create those distinct voices for you. And then the reason why sometimes you might feel this is important can be because you have a particular memory of what somebody maybe that you based a character on. If you have a memory of that person and how they sounded, that may be important to you that the character sound that way, but not to anybody else. If your story is well-written, it's not going to matter if they sounded like somebody that you remember. How many of your listeners are actually going to know who that person is that you are basing your character on and what they ever sounded like? Probably not very many. Maybe a few friends, family. But depends on your book. Maybe nobody. So does it really matter to your story, to your customers, to your listeners? And the other thing is that I already mentioned, and I'll just touch on again here, is your imagination around what that character would sound like. Is it essential that your character sound that way? Or is it just an attachment that you have because that's the way they sound in your head? In that case, I would like to encourage you to let go. Let go and let the narrator develop a great voice for each of your characters. Let's take a short pause and we'll be right back. There is nothing like a great book to transport you to new worlds. Here at Pro Audio Voices, we love working on projects that transport the listener. We pay attention to the details, like making sure we have actors that can clearly differentiate the character voices, making for a great listening experience. If you have a book that you would like to get into audio, and you're looking for a team with a personalized approach, Pro Audio Voices might be just the right fit. Come visit us at ProAudioVoices.com. Let's get into ways that you can listen to your audiobook and an approach that I suggest very highly recommend. That is the new listener mindset. Try to listen, not as the author, but as somebody listening to your story for the very first time. That can be hard, certainly, because you do know your story. You do know your characters, and you are trying to make it as great an experience as you can. But I would venture to say that making it the greatest experience you can is going to be helped by you listening as if you're a new listener. What will happen then in that case is you'll let go of your preconceptions about the way that people should sound. And that is a really smart way to approach it. I also want to encourage you to trust your narrator to interpret the text. Narrators and actors are trained, usually, or have a lot of experience with this kind of work. It's not something that you probably have a lot of experience with. 
the vocal expression of the interpretation of the written word into a performance expression, which an audiobook certainly is. So when you first cast the narrator, let them do their job. Give them that feedback early on, like we talked about at the beginning of this episode, in the audition, after the audition, in the first 15 minutes, and any time along the way that providing some feedback will be helpful. But give them space. Give them room. Let them do their job. I want to explain also one reason why all of this is so important. Let's say, and this certainly happens on occasion, let's say the narrator records the entire audiobook and there are characters, main characters, many characters, all right, that maybe when you listen, you think that's not the way that person's supposed to sound. Okay, now we have a problem. The more that character has shown up in your story, the bigger the problem is. And it's not just about the amount of time that you're asking your narrator to add on to the project. First of all, if you have done your job in giving them any proper feedback or asking for any character sample voices, or if you've given them any clear instructions about particular characters, okay, then you've done your job. If they've followed those and done the audiobook, and now suddenly you're coming back and saying, oh, wait a minute, but this character is supposed to sound different. And that's a huge amount of work that now goes into changing something that should have been dealt with in the first place and really isn't necessarily wrong. It's just your preference. So this is, again, coming back to that letting go of your version in your head of what somebody should sound like. We touched on things about why maybe there are things that are important, but aside from things that really tie a particular quality to a character, let it go. The other thing is you can easily, if it's, let's say, for example, at one point, uh, and I touched on this at the very, very beginning, let's say that you had written in the text somewhere that the person said in their naturally gruff voice or something. If the narrator has not been using a gruff voice for that person all this time, and now they get to this point, the smart thing would be for the narrator to contact you and say, hey, could we cut that line or could we modify it so it better fits the rest? And I want to encourage you to be open to that. All right. Here's, again, another reason why. So not only is it about actor time and being fair to your narrator, because if you haven't done your part and now you're expecting them to do twice as much work because you didn't do your job, that's not really very fair. But there's another reason. Every time an actor has to cut in to paste a new version of a character line, in a text, the chances that your audiobook is going to end up sounding choppy grows with every single insertion. Now, yes, whole segments can be redone, but that, again, you're just increasing the amount of time that an actor has to spend 
redoing work that shouldn't have to be redone in the first place. So I want you to think about being fair, trusting your actor, letting go, and then also doing your part to make sure that you end up with a really nice, clean audiobook. When in theater, a playwright writes a play, actors will then take that, those words and interpret them. A director is a part of that process of interpretation, of making it into something greater, making it into something that really touches an audience deeply. And that's what audiobook narrators are in the process of trying to do with your words that you've provided them. If you have done your job well, if you have written your story well, developed your characters fully, then none of this really should be a problem because your narrator is going to understand what those voices could be or should be. But the should here is really means about should in relation to the story itself, not about should as in your personal preferences and what's in your head. So I hope all this has been helpful. Uh, please reach out to us at proaudiovoices.com if you have any questions about this kind of character interpretation, differentiation, when it matters, when it doesn't. We want to help you have the greatest, most entertaining, most delicious audiobook that you possibly can. And we always do everything we can to help our clients achieve that goal. Thanks so much for joining me. Catch you next time. Thanks for joining us for Audiobook Connection, behind the scenes with the creative teams. Please take a moment to subscribe at audiobookconnection.com. The podcast is sponsored by Pro Audio Voices, helping great stories come alive through audiobook production and marketing. Learn more at proaudiovoices.com. Again, thanks for being with us and please join us next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.